On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we travel back in time to 1988 and dance through its greatest hits whilst trying to remove a mean girl demon from our bestie in Grady Hendrix's horror novel, My Best Friend's Exorcism, and its Amazon Prime video film adaptation with the same name. And we ask the question, are we, meaning myself, Mel B, and the lovely Jackie D, are we as ride or die as Abby and Gretchen? Yes. Also... What the actual fuck is Slave Day? And why is it a thing in 1988? I want to know how we were so blind in the 80s that we let shit like that slide. Seriously. Welcome back, everyone, to all of our returning listeners. We love you so very much. If you're listening to us for the first time, uh, this is Read, Watch, or DNF, a bookish podcast where we, Mel B, and the lovely Jackie D, your hosts, drunkenly break down book-to-screen adaptations each week. We uh, flip a coin to see who will read or watch first, then we come together to compare notes and discuss if the order in which we read watch affected our final reviews. News for this week. Uh, we just hosted a massive Amazon wishlist book giveaway to celebrate not only International Women's Day, but it's also our one year anniversary on March 8th of this podcast. A whole year. We've been doing this shit. So grats again to all of the winners. We had Jay, Brianna, and Annabelle. Grats. We also just confirmed a pretty cool collab, a collaboration with two other podcasts. Um, We're still waiting on some details to get that out to you, but it should be probably next weekend, a whole little watch party for our final episode of the month, which will be Pet Cemetery. We're going to do the new version. Uh, so keep an eye out on the social medias and uh, we'll post the info there. Social media then. Links are going to be posted in the episode info. Our social media manager, Marina, she's amazing. She really is because I don't know how she still puts up with us. Because <laughs> she'll be like, hey, guys, and we're like just radio silent because we're working or sleeping because we're old. And then we come back and we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. And we just dump all this information on her. She's amazing. But she makes sure everything and all our accounts are updated. But if you want to chat with us directly, the best way to do that is to follow us on Twitter at ReadWatchDNF. I'm usually on that account, and then Jackie D is also there, just like randomly. She's like a Twitter ninja. She'll just pop out and be like, "Hi," and then she won't respond to you for like a week. So she's there though. Just just tag her. Yeah. F bomb dedications for this episode. Who are they going out to, Jackie? Uh, they are going out to Mark. He sent us six whole freaking books from our. Amazon wish list. He's basically the bookish Santa. And mm -hmm. we so, so, so appreciate people like Mark. I think life in general needs more people like Mark. So thank you. Yeah, they really do. We we need more Mark because he's super nice. At first, I think everyone was a little apprehensive because there's just this random dude. And everyone's like, is this a creeper? But he's not. He's so nice. He's so genuine. And he's very, very, very polite and respectful. I think he's great. And I honestly, like, I joked around with it, but I was not expecting anything from him. It was just really nice seeing besties and mutuals on Twitter just, like, freaking out because they'd get some random package in the mail and start opening it. And all of a sudden... <laughs> and ours came, like, in... Uh, they got all shipped out separately. But the issue is, is that all the notes that he puts with it, he usually writes, like, a special very personalized note for each one but we got a book in the mail and there was nothing with it and mm -hmm. then we got another book the next day and then two more books and we're like okay and then there was two more books that finally had the notes in them but they lost one of the notes so yeah. mark was really really kind and he sent me a direct message a dm as the kids call it and <laughs> put out like exactly what it was supposed to say in the notes and it was so fucking cute because it literally he like <laughs> he screenplayed a uh, like a script for from our podcast with one of the books as one of the characters as our mm. guest and it's the cutest fucking thing so he not only did he go to our amazon wish list and get the books but he knew enough to understand which one of those series is like our favorite and that we've done learned the name of the character and how they behave <laughs> and fucking casted him in our podcast <laughs> 
Jackie, what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking what I like to think is the 2000s or 2020s version of a wine cooler. And the reason we're going with that is because they talk about wine coolers a lot in the book. Mm-hmm. I was thinking either find wine coolers or find a couple bottles of Boone's Farm. <laughs> Unfortunately, nobody carries any of that anymore, including Wally World. For those of you who are not informed, that is Walmart. The Walmart. So <laughs> the Walmarts. You gotta say it right. The Walmarts. So we are drinking Seagram's Escapes. We got a variety pack. It is 12 bottles in the pack and there are what six different flavors. Yeah. Two bottles of each. Yeah. Like what I s- is it anyway? I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But I am currently drinking strawberry margarita. And uh-huh. it's it's a malt beverage with natural strawberry oh. flavor the, for the strawberry daiquiri. Oh, so this is like a Smirnoff thing. A Smirnoff yeah. ice or whatever. It's right. it's a malt. It's a malt beverage. Because aren't those are malts too, right? Yeah. Only hey, 3.2% alcohol beer. by volume. Huh? Mine says flavored beer. Which one did you have? I have the blue the, one? I have the... Calypso Colada, the blue one, pineapple and coconut flavors. Hmm. Oh, okay. So it says malt beverage with natural flavors and contains FD&C blue number one. But if you turn it on the back, does yours say in big bold in the middle there, it says flavored beer. Yes, it does. We are drinking flavored beer, everyone. Okay. Also, if you look, it says the Seagram Beverage Company of Rochester, New York. Rochester. Rochester. It's a Rochester. That's upstate. Rochester, New York. But like not too far upstate. They still talk like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. And also, uh, I didn't find a cocktail for this book or the movie, I should say, or either, because they're all, they're relatively new. But I'm just going to put out there, like, just have one of these because uh, teenagers can't afford cocktails. So I'm not even going to waste the time finding one or making one. Teenagers, whether in high school or freshman or maybe even sophomore year of college, they're usually (laughs) trying to find somebody of age to Mm -hmm. buy something for them. And they don't care Cheap. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. The cheapest with the highest alcohol per volume. <laughs> and this is definitely not that because like it, I was going to say, it's only 3.2% alcohol by volume. My I beer like that I drink sugar normally sugar has more. Yeah. <laughs> like, God, I can already feel the sugar headache coming on. That's what everyone yeah. on Twitter was saying. They're like, oh my God, the sugar uh, hangover. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to get a coffee after this. <laughs> All right, Jackie, do we have a drinking game? No, actually we don't. And that was kind of surprising to me. Maybe the movie hasn't been out long enough? I don't know. It hasn't because it. I think it launched in November. Okay. Maybe we can get our podcast friends to uh, come up with a drinking game. So or going to keep tagging them for everything. <laughs> yeah, or they can take the rules that we came up with and, and see maybe hone those rules. Like maybe... <laughs> Make it a better drinking game so people don't die. Uh, or viable. <laughs> yeah. The rules that we came up with are drink when anybody says Abby. Abby. Ab- Chug during the yogurt scene. You'll know. Drink when any 80s song plays. So, <laughs> and the thing with that is if you do it for the book, the beginning of each chapter is, or each chapter is titled for an 80s book. Yeah. And I just had the song running through my head until another song was mentioned. So that would be the entire time. I would not be here with you. Chug during a puke scene. And the final rule is take a shot when any time Abby is dismissed or ignored. Or maybe don't because that happens quite frequently. It's basically the plot. Yeah. Nobody believes Abby. Everyone ignores her or tells her to shut the fuck up. It's so, even worse than the book. a lot of shots. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about who read first. Uh... That would be Miss Jackie, because I did watch first, because I actually watched this movie a while ago on the Amazon Prime, and then I watched it again when we decided to do it for the show, the podcast, and then I watched it again with Jackie, so I've watched yeah. it a total of three times now, and then I read the a paperback, because I do love it, and I actually purchased this a long time, like a while ago, Jackie, didn't we go to Barnes & Noble and I picked it up? Yeah. Did we already decide if we were going to do it or not? I think it had been floating out there as an idea, but we hadn't 100% committed to it. Okay. Well, it's a Cork book, 2016 publication. And it's it's pretty cool because now that I've read the book, the cover makes a lot more sense to me. Mm -hmm. It looks like like an old blockbuster movie VHS rental because it has the Be Kind, Please Rewind sticker. Yeah. 
this is uh i like it i i like what they did because he does all of his books really cool like that i've showed you the other ones yeah he has that horror store one it looks like an ikea catalog <laughs> mm-hmm. so it says here uh, on the back above the publication it says grady hendrix is a novelist and screenwriter based in new york city his previous novel horror store was named one of the best books of 2014 by national public radio what's national npr npr oh, yeah. yeah okay now i get it yeah and what you were saying about the cover uh it doesn't look mm-hmm. like one of those sleeves that the vh taps vhs tapes went in it was one of those chonky like big black ones with the sleeve that you put the cover in yeah and yeah that's what it looked like it, it has was... all like the um around the edging mm-hmm. the um like it's been worn not worn yep. but like older and yep. messed up and it's kind of dirty looking it's been rented a I few like times it. hold on jackie i gotta read this i this is the first time i'm seeing it but it has a new york times best-selling um review on the on the front it says <laughs> if the exorcist had been authored by tina fey instead of william peter blatty it might have borne an uncanny resemblance to what grady hendrix has accomplished with my best friend's oh. exorcist oh my god <laughs> i like that you know what it's 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 pretty true spot on anyway sorry jackie it's like the exorcist meets mean girls it is yeah that's the, it is that <laughs> because gretchen be literally becomes like regina yeah okay, okay. wow <laughs> epiphany epiphany our minds are totally blown um <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes I read first. I read first, obviously, Kindle. And then, yeah, like Mel clearly. said, we, we watched together. Uh, but Kindle had the same cover art when it lets you see it. Otherwise, because normally when you open up a book for the first time, it takes you the first page of text. You have to go back yeah. to see the cover. But Okay, let's uh, get into what this story is about. So... Jackie read first, so she's going to go ahead and give you the Goodreads synopsis. Abby and Gretchen have been best friends since fifth grade when they bonded over a shared love of E.T., roller skating parties, and scratch and sniff stickers. But when they arrive at high school, things change. Gretchen begins to act dot 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 different. And as the strange coincidences and bizarre behavior start to pile up, Abby realizes there's only one possible explanation. Gretchen, her favorite person in the world, has a demon living inside her. And Abby is not about to let anyone or anything come between her and her best friend. With help from some unlikely allies, Abby embarks on a quest to save Gretchen. But is their friendship powerful enough to beat the devil? Ride or die, bitches. Let's go. Yeah. All right. IMDB, five words or less. Teen best friends Abby and Gretchen grapple with an otherworldly demon that takes up residence in Gretchen's body. Period. Period. The end. <laughs> reviews hmm. still our favorite part of this whole thing i think this is the only reason we started this podcast is just so we could like roast reviews everything <laughs> else is just fluff yep <laughs> okay goodreads it has 3.96 out of 5 average which is not bad there are about seventy nine thousand ratings and about twelve and a half thousand reviews the highest percentage is going to be four out of five at 44 percent but we have five at 29 percent three at 21 percent two at four and one at a measly little one percent which means people overwhelmingly like this book yeah five not quite a masterpiece like horror store but still a campy five-star horror romp through the 80s. I love Grady Hendrix and look forward to whatever he comes up with next. Okay. Which, to me, that doesn't really read as a five out of five. That reads more like a four out of five, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, because they're, like, setting Horror Store as the standard, right? Yeah. Like, it's not quite that good, but it's still pretty fucking, you know, like, okay. Yeah. Hmm, I love Grady Hendrix. So, really? They're they're reading this off of how they liked his other book and how they like him. Mm-hmm. Fair, whatever. Yeah, quite possibly my favorite review we found so far, but just because of the person who wrote it, this is a four out of five, and it just so happened to be the highest concentration of ratings. <laughs> the person who wrote this is Mr. Will Wheaton, who, if you've listened to our podcast, you know that he was in Stand By Me. He's also known for other things, but you know podcast connection star trek yeah big bang theory yeah. he plays himself <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very 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 good but falls short of being great and i can't say exactly why 
I love the characters and the metaphor of possession, which is not just a metaphor in this story, obviously, because there is an actual possession, but whatever. I love the references to 1988 and how seamlessly they were dropped into the narrative. It's a supernatural horror story, and the third act drives that home without mercy. But at its core, this is a story about friendship, and I'm glad I read it. I think it would make a great six-episode series. That's fair. I would actually agree with him. I think this would have been better as a shorter, limited series than a movie, because we'll get to that later. Yeah. (laughs) We'll let you know. Don't worry. Yeah. And my final review, one out of five. This may be, without a doubt, one of the worst books I've ever read. It's like if Ernest Klein tried to write horror. If this is at all indicative of Grady Hendrix's writing ability in this in his newer books, I'd rather have my eyes clawed out by Satan himself than ever touch another of his books. Even worse, I'd rather <laughs> listen to a compilation album of Journey's greatest hits. Wait, they don't like Journey? I guess not. But okay, all right. Un American. <laughs> Are you communist? <laughs> <sighs> the movie didn't fare as well as the book. On IMDb, it only got a 5.3 out of 10. Mm. This is, I think, one of the first. We've maybe had a couple others, but it's rare where the movie rating is so far off from the book. This is definitely not close at all. (laughs) So 5.3 out of 10. And it it has less than 5,000 ratings. Mm. Yeah. Get this. This is probably the lowest, lowest review number we've ever had on the show. 77. What? Double digits. Double digits. Only 77 people took the time to come and share what they thought about it. Wow. Mm -hmm. The highest concentration of ratings is at 25.8%, and that's a 5 out of 10. A 10 out of 10 is 3.6%, and then a 1 is at a 4.9%. So usually the one stars we get are low, 1, 2%. This is like, nah, bitch, 1. Here we go. 10 out of 10. Joyful ride. IMDb users who think they are critics and hate on everything or what I see on this movie posting as well. What a shocker. They are insufferable. This movie, however, is not. This movie is retro, fun, and entertaining and achieves what it was meant to achieve, to be a non-serious and adventurous movie. Give it a watch if you're not the hater type. The movie doesn't try hard at all. It just has a normal pace. I don't know if pacing is the problem in the movie. I know they're saying it has a normal pace, but it says the movie doesn't try hard at all. I I would agree with that. It's definitely not trying to be anything other than like a a campy little horror. Surprisingly, we did find out this movie is rated R Mm -hmm. for teen drugs and violence and some other shit. Uh, I I would have thought like PG-13 or um, TV... MA, I don't know. But no, uh, rated R. Rated R. I guess TVMA is rated R, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not TVMA. I'm stupid. (laughs) Something not as serious as TVMA, but it's rated R. (laughs) And I know we usually give the stats for budget and all that stuff, but uh, it doesn't really have it. When we do these straight to streaming movies like the Amazon or Netflix, they are so close door and uh, close hold with the budget information it's like why yeah why (laughs) just tell us but i whatever i'm sure it cost over a million and under 20 million maybe yeah i think it's fair okay five out of ten sadly nothing memorable taking into consideration the fact that movies will never be able to provide the in-depth storylines and characters that tv shows have this movie was still pretty bland it tries to adopt an 80s adventure style or, or adventure type approach where the story becomes an allegory for the high school struggles we face with ourselves and our friends through demon-provoked trickery and confrontation. (laughs) Nothing about this movie stood out. This is awful now, Jackie. This is why I put this one. Except for Elsie Fisher's typecast, one-note acting, and her distracting, painful-looking acne. I really hope she gets medication before permanent scarring sets in. Uh Uh-huh. I'll likely forget about this movie, but if you want something on in the background, this would be a good candidate. They do know that was makeup, right? I they're fucking dumb. No. And obviously I don't think they've read the book or they would they would have understood that. But even let's just say, let's just say it's not. Tell me how that's relevant to your review. It's not. And if they read the book, they would know that it was so much fucking worse in the book than it was portrayed yeah. in the movie. How 
fucking insensitive. Like, do you know how many people struggle with really bad acne? Yeah. Uh, Was it uh, cystic acne, right? Yeah. Like, it's painful. It's bad. There's literally nothing they can do. Um, even when they go to the dermatologist and get strong medication, it it still is there. You know, it might just look better than it yeah. was before. But it some people have it for life. Like, and it's such a a strain on their self confidence. I mean, it's, it's horrible. And you're gonna call it out in a review thinking that you're funny it that is one thing in the movie that i wish they would have spent more time on because that is a huge part of her struggle in the book yeah and they spend like comes from that too they spend no time on it in the movie there's a lot of stuff they didn't spend any time on but that's what like we kept saying to each other how about the book seems a little longer than it needs to be and the movie just seems like they read the cliff notes and just filmed it in a backyard <laughs> in an yeah. afternoon but yeah this this person go fuck themselves you yeah. are literally what an internet troll is and you are the yeah. scum of the years so yeah please sir or ma'am or whatever you want to call yourself go get fucked by yourself one out of ten disaster this movie is absolutely atrocious an utter disappointment for anyone who actually read the book which the writers clearly did not. <laughs> Critical plot lines were completely left out. Not a single shock factor the off- author wrote made it into the movie. The movie is a very bland, vanilla, subpar, pre-teenager C movie. The CGI is terrible. It lacks the depth that the book outlines with the backstory of Abby and Gretchen's friendship. The fight scene at the end lasts two seconds and is absolute garbage. The movie as a whole lacked any depth, horror, or comedy whatsoever. It really lacked anything enjoyable at all. So I will say this was out of the 77 reviews, a lot of them were the one stars. Mm -hmm. And I say, I would guesstimate about 90% of those people, all of their reviews were how this is a disaster because it didn't fit the book, right? It didn't Mm -hmm. follow the book. A lot of things that were changed. I will say this, why I agree with it, maybe not as extreme, is the shock factor that they're talking about there definitely is more in the book. Mm-hmm. There were some scenes where I was reading and shit would happen. I was not expecting it. I was like, oh. But knowing what they didn't put into the movie, I'm going, if you have a R rating, like, why not put that stuff in? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem as silly then. Or maybe that's why it was too dark and they wanted it to be uh, light. I don't know. All right. Casting. Casting, casting, casting. So Abby Rivers is our protagonist. She is played by Elsie Fisher, who is the voice of Agnes in Despicable Me. It's so cute. It's so fluffy. She's the one. It's so fluffy. <laughs> I love her. Uh, and then, oh, I guess she's a Lila in Texas Chainsaw, the new one. I haven't yeah. seen the 2022 one. I haven't, and I have no so desire. What? Yeah, she won't. Jackie won't watch it. Mm-mm. What is this whole thing about her typecast? Like one, those are, I see right now three very completely different roles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck are they talking about in her acne? Again, you, Mr. Mrs. Ma'am, whatever you are, fuck yourself. I thought she played, okay. I thought while seeing the movie only, I was like, okay, this works. This is the right, I'm going to now change that slightly. After I read the book, in the book, she didn't give me the feeling that she was this, like, nervous Nelly and mm-hmm. awkward. It actually, because of the whole acne thing, it seemed like she just overplayed her confidence. It yeah. was always, like, really chipper. So I don't I don't think the actor is wrong for it, but I think the way that she played it or, her, or whatever the direction was for her to play the character was maybe off. Yeah, I think if she had played her in the movie more like a uh, what the fuck is wrong with all of you instead of yeah. what's happening I don't understand, it would have been better. Yeah, like she was playing as if she's like straight the victim. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that feeling from her in the book, even though like shit just does not go right for her the entire book. But never once is she just sort of feeling sorry for herself. She's just like, what the, well, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I got to do mm-hmm. something. So eh, different. Gretchen Lang, who is Abby's best friend, the one that gets possessed, is played by Amaya Miller. And I have not seen her in anything either. I don't 
this must be her first no. film. She's yeah. she's been in some stuff, uh, TV shows or whatnot, but I honestly can yes, tell small. you one hundred percent I have not seen her in anything. In minor roles. I thought yeah. she was great though. Yeah. And even after reading the book, I there wasn't too much of a difference between how she was portrayed in the book and how she acted it. No, and I think she could have done so much more in the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If if I mean if they had the ability like the opportunity to if they actually yeah played out some of the scenes like they should have but you know whatever yep Margaret uh, Ch- uh, Chisholm who Chisholm? is their Chisholm she is yeah. their friend she's like the rich kind of pretty tall one she is played by Rachel Ogechi Kanu 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 I don't know again I I haven't I don't recognize her for anything either but I thought she was great. She yep. was probably one of my favorites, even though she was a total bitch. Mm-hmm. I like <laughs> And then Glee Tanaka is uh, Kathy Ang. Again, we haven't seen them in anything. They're young. They're I guess they're just younger. Yeah. And this is their coming of age stuff. I don't know. But they, I, she was funny. She was cute. And then Wallace Stoney is played by Clayton Royal Johnson. Oh, look at that name. Clayton yeah. Royal Johnson. He's he a is chad. Andy in season four of Stranger Things. Yep. I don't remember who Andy is. Me neither. Yeah. He was in eight episodes, though, so. And he has a name. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, Kid at Locker. So yeah. I'm going to go look back into that. But for any of you that do know who Andy was, he was Andy. Clayton Royal Johnson. And then Christian Lemon, who is one of the, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this, the Jesus weightlifting <laughs> performance. <laughs> crew like what do you fucking say to this christian lemon is played by christopher lowell 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 he was in glow uh too short-lived enlisted what is yeah, that it was a show it was a show on uh fox it was called enlisted it was only on for a single season maybe that like oh. maybe <laughs> eight episodes putting, like, of a single season in there that show was fucking hilarious uh Granted, the uniform wear was completely off, but it was three brothers in the same unit, and it was so close to being accurate of how life is in the army. Maybe that's <laughs> why it didn't stay on TV because <laughs> Everyone's like, this it was is too real. Yeah, too real. the the army doesn't want that out <laughs> there. I don't know. Okay, so he was an enlisted in Glow. He saw some Veronica Mars. The help, that's probably the biggest role right there. And then yeah. I he's he's casted as being in How I Met Your Father, but I don't know that. Is that like a spin-off? I, I haven't of how seen I it. Yeah, I haven't seen How I Met Your Father, but yeah, he's he's in that. Oh, I didn't even know there's a spin-off. I didn't even really watch How I Met Your Mother. I just didn't care. I love the gifts that come from it though. It and was kind of funny. It. I mean, what we're watching right now, what shrinked or whatever? Shrinking, yeah. Or shrinking, yeah. Um yeah. he was in that. Oh, yeah, 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 the mm-hmm. the main guy, the funny guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know that. Yeah. It's funny, you all should be watching Shrinking. It is fucking hilarious. But makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about some big things that the movie just maybe got wrong. Because after reading the book, I'm a little angry. First, the actual way that Gretchen becomes possessed it's like it follows it and then just fucking takes a straight left turn and veers off the track and goes straight into the woods. And we're mm-hmm. like, where did it go? And it's kind of like how they do that in the movie. Okay, so the girls, all four of them, uh, Gretchen, Abby, Margaret, and Glee, they are at Margaret's like beach house or lake house. I don't know. It's She's rich. She's got a lot of houses. So they're out there by themselves just chilling over the weekend. Also, uh, Wallace, who is Margaret's boyfriend, he's there in the movie, which it, it was shocking when he did not show up there in the in the book because he wasn't at he wasn't at the party with them. Flip side, I read the book first. So when I saw him at the uh, in the movie on, at that point, I'm like, he's not yeah. supposed to be there. But then it later reading the book, it makes sense because Obviously, they they did a short movie, so they needed to fit in the fact that Abby thinks that Wallace raped Gretchen. 
Yeah. So it's a long, like really, really far stretch of a of a, of a leap mm-hmm. that Abby does to place Wallace maybe in the area and may have raped Gretchen in the book, where the movie's like, listen, we're just gonna make this easy for you. Yeah. In the movie, they're just like, he's there. He's like pops out of a closet. Whatever. It's a shock <laughs> scare. It really wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so. The big thing about this party is they decide they're going to try acid because Wallace shows up with some acid tabs, little stickers or whatever. They're going to dissolvable, put them on their tongue. I I believe in the movie, Abby doesn't do it. She does. All of them do. In the movie? Yeah. In the book, they do. Yeah. I thought in the movie she didn't. No, I thought in the movie because uh, Margaret and Glee leave with Wallace. Yeah. And then yeah. Abby and Gretchen are standing there and they both pop the tabs on their oh, okay. on their tongues. Yeah. She was just way more hesitant in the movie. That's why it, when mm-hmm. I read it in the book, how she was like, yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. Woo. I was, I was like, oh, yeah. wait, did she take it in the movie? Okay. So they're taking acid. Then they're like swimming in the lake and they realize like we're, we don't feel anything. Is this what acid's supposed to be? Like Jackie said, Margaret, Glee and Wallace, they go off. And they see this, like, haunted house. But it's just, like, a house across the lake. And Margaret makes some comment in the movie about somebody was sacrificed there or died or whatever. Um, It's really creepy. And they said they won't let them tear it down. I guess that's, like, rich people talk for being irritated that they can't destroy things around them. (laughs) So... Somehow in the movie, Abby and Gretchen make their way around. They're like, let's let's go check it out. We're brave together. Yay. And then there's just like weird shit that happens in the house. Here's the thing, though. This house does sort of exist in the book, but it's not as big a role. That it, It's funny to say that about an inanimate object, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have that big a role in the book that it does in the movie. Because in the movie, like, they go inside and they're looking around and there's weird sort of paranormal stuff. Like, one corner is really dark and they're hearing voices. That doesn't happen. They, um, in the book, literally, the tide goes out. So the water is, like, super shallow. But Gretchen thinks she's fucking high and decides to, like, dive off the pier. And they're like, no. She dives into the shallow water. So they're waiting for her to come up and she doesn't. Now they're freaking out. They're like, where the hell is she? I don't know how long it takes, but they see something rippling in the water and they're like, oh, wait, she's over there. Doesn't come up. I think they're searching for her all night because I believe when they found her, it was almost dawn and they find her. It was the next day when Abby found her in the house, in that little shack. It's like, exactly. So it's the night before she goes missing and then it's basically dawn and they're still walking around the forest because Abby now wants to call the police in the book. But Margaret's like, nah, man, we're going to get in so much trouble. Like, let's just let's just look one more time. So they're walking around and she's coming out of the like the wood, the tree line at behind this house comes around and she's just naked, mm-hmm. which is not how it happens in the movie. In the movie, she like something shitty or scary happens and Abby and Gretchen run out. Gretchen trips really awkwardly. That was okay. That was definitely the scary movie white girl who's gonna die first trip. Like <laughs> yeah. as we're trying to run up the stairs. That's exactly. I was like, why? What did you trip over? Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. She's like, ah, my knee. Um. So a- Abby runs out and leaves Gretchen there, and that's when they go back in, and and Gretchen does not look good. But we don't really see what happens to her. Same thing in the book. We don't see what happens, but she comes out from behind the house, and obviously she's not happy and different possession storyline is like the same until the writer the screenwriters are like nah fuck this just put her straight into the house house is creepy now she's possessed so we get it (laughs) but also like the all the like extra shit that they put into the house felt really unnecessary after reading the book like they didn't have to spend any time on it they made it more cheesy than the book well remember in the book when uh what was it abby went there and she heard Mm -hmm. a voice and it was a male voice and he said her name or something and she kind of freaked out and she ran the other direction that doesn't happen in the movie at all no yeah it doesn't like they they get scared but i think it's a raccoon that pops out and they run yeah and that raccoon's just looking at him like you dumb bitches yep is it like does it matter i don't think so I think it's actually more creepy in the book the way they did it 
Yeah. Uh, it was just kind of stupid <laughs> in the movie, but I maybe that's what they were going for. So whatever. Either way, she gets possessed. Okay. Next, the whole relationship between Glee and Father Morgan. I was blown away when I started reading that in the book. Mm -hmm. Because in the movie, there's this like joke between Gretchen and the friends and Abby, where apparently Abby has a crush on Father Morgan. Also, before we get into this, let's just point out that the school in the movie makes it seem like it's some sort of Catholic school. Yeah. Where it, it is some christian is a religious style school in the book but it doesn't go too far into what it is but in the movie they're like in their catholic schoolgirl uniform which yeah. they don't have to wear in the book it's more like dress like you know professional men and women when they're like 15. you're going to so. a golf club that's yes yes that's their attire like boys have to wear jackets and collared shirts and also the they have the nuns and the priests teaching everything which is not how it is in the in the in the book mm -hmm. okay so the joke is that abby has a crush on father morgan and they give her shit about it but that's it right it's funny in the in the book after gretchen is possessed she starts to fuck with glee and i don't really know what vestry is i didn't look it up but it's some sort of club that she joins that father morgan is running and glee is with him all the time every time that Gretchen sees Glee. She hands her a note in the book. And she's like, oh, Father Morgan said to give this to you. Father Morgan said to give this to you. Later on, we find out that these are essentially love letters where Father Morgan is like, I love you. You're so beautiful. I've never met anyone like you. And Glee believes it because why would Gretchen lie? What? And it's in his handwriting. This becomes so out of whack that Gre Glee tries to confront Father Morgan and like basically throw herself at him because she thinks that he's in love with her. And obviously when she does this, Father Morgan's like, whoa, what? Please, no, <laughs> no. And she's crushed. She has, I think, a psychotic break and then decides to go up to the tower of this school naked mm -hmm. and to launch herself off where that's not there's nothing that happens like that in the movie. Vestry is a room or building attached to a church used as an office or for changing into vestments. A meeting of parishioners originally in a vestry for the conduct of parochial business or a body Jeez. of parishioners meeting in a vestry. Okay, so I still don't understand what this vestry club is, but Glee does it. Yeah. <laughs> we understand what the what the building is, yeah, but what the club is, we don't know. So... If you want to tell us how stupid we are and what it is, go ahead. Discussing parochial business. I don't know. Maybe Whatever that is. School stuff? I don't know. But apparently during this time, Glee thought that Father Morgan was falling in love with her. So yeah. we changed the attraction to something that's way more innocent in the movie of having Abby just sort of like, oh, Father Morgan's so cute. And then it kind of comes out and Gretchen teases her with it. Then when she's possessed, she kind of like, uh, announces this in front of Father Morgan, so Abby's mm. super embarrassed. But that, none of that's in the book. Like Abby doesn't give a shit about Father Morgan. <laughs> no. At all. Actually, I don't even think she really likes him that much. Okay, next thing. And this is what the fuck. Our question is, what the fuck <laughs> is Slave Day? What is this? I am absolutely blown away that I might even just read this section so these people can understand what the fuck? All right. So they're in spirit week now. And Gretchen has, she's clearly something's wrong with her. She's starting to do all her bad shit. Because up until this point, uh, I think Gretchen was trying to fight it. So she just looked like a slob and really out of it. So it was causing a lot of issues between Abby and Gretchen to the point where, like, Gretchen's parents were out to get Abby. They they found out that they did acid and they're like, this is your fault. Like everyone's just blaming Abby for everything. And she's like, I'm trying to help my friend. And she's just getting shit on. So that's why we say like, are, are me and Jackie this ride or die? We are. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. would we take all of the shit in the world? We would. And have we? Yes, it has happened. <laughs> it has happened where there's shit that comes up. We're like, fuck it, I'm going to stand my ground. But anyway, so Gretchen is starting to feel it. She's doing some bad shit, and now we're talking about 
Spirit Week, and an incident that happens on Slave Day. But I'm not going to read that. I'm just going to read what Slave Day is as described by Grady Hendrix in 1988 in South Carolina, which I will caveat this with saying it's going to sound extremely problematic, and I agree with you. But the way that this author writes, it feels like satire because there's a lot of other cultural things that he kind of makes fun of. Um, So I'm not... And the way he described this seems like it's exaggerated. So he wants to make the point of how bad this is. So he wants it to sound bad. Okay, so keep that in mind. Thursday was Slave Day. Five years later, Slave Day was gone as if it had never happened. But in 1988, no one dreamed that it could possibly be offensive. It was a tradition. A clot of students was clustered around the front office window where the slave market was posted. It was a giant piece of white butcher's paper. And the idea was that students could buy a slave for a set price. If the slave didn't beat the bid by $1, then they were, quote unquote, owned by their master, who would make them do whatever she wanted during the lunchtime slave parade. The master might make the slave wear an ugly sweatshirt, or if she was feeling really evil, the slave would have to wear her bra on the outside of her clothes. Some guys would make a girl wear a leash and walk the lawn on all fours like a dog. All the money raised went to the alumni fund, so that made it okay. Mm. I read this part and I was like, what the actual fuck did I just read? I didn't, I didn't, I, okay, I went to school up north in New York. I've never heard of this. I posted this on Twitter. How many people responded that are around our age, Jackie? And even like later, like 2000, it was still happening in certain mm-hmm. areas. In Canada too, where they're like, yeah, we had this. They did say that this sounds a bit more exaggerated than what they remember, but still, you have a fucking day during spirit week at school and you call it slave day where you can buy another person for, for a fundraiser. Yeah. What the fuck? I, I don't know. I'm not nothing. And we had spirit week, spirit days all the fucking time. Never once was it like you can buy somebody. Never. I don't know. But yeah, people are saying like in small towns in Canada, they had it too. What the fuck? I don't ever remember having a slave day. I remember having dress like the 80s or something like that. Twin day. I remember twin day. Yeah, the twin day that they talk about. Yeah. yeah. Costume yeah. day. Yeah. Spirit yeah. colors day. You wear your color of your of your school. I, I, yeah. Not something that is literally like you get to one by another human being, even if it's just for a day, an hour, whatever. But then not only that, but because you bought them, you get to dehumanize them in front of the rest of the school. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I am so sorry if anybody had went to a school that had that um, and had to experience that because that is just by 1988 i would have thought that we were past that if this were like 1950 1960 in the deep south i would still be disgusted but i wouldn't be shocked Mm -hmm. but 1988 in charleston south carolina wow okay okay and then one I, i showed you the one response jackie on twitter where they had this not only in high school but they had it all the way starting in elementary school yeah alarming (sighs) yeah so if you have not seen the movie just be aware they definitely did not put this in the movie not even a hint of it that's why i was so shocked when i read because i'm like what what is this what's happening they do have like a fundraiser type thing that they're doing um spirit week ish but it's like a carnival yeah that they're doing there's booths where you can go and you know the kiss me booth or the uh, throw the ball and dunk them into the water stuff. That's what it is. And that's actually how this plays out where in the book, Gretchen buys Abby and wants to fuck with her makeup to show her face, which is obviously very, very upsetting to Abby. In the book, she uh, not in the book, in the movie, she does this as um, she volunteers her to be the person that sits in the tank um, mm-hmm. to test it out. And Gretchen's like, don't worry, I'm not going to hit it. But the minute she gets in the tank, she's like, bam! Yeah. Point blank. Bullseye. <laughs> she's got a pitcher's arm. And then obviously Abby drops in the water. It fucks up her makeup. Abby's upset. And this is the point 
in both the movie and the book where Abby is like, you know what? I'm fucking done with you. You've put me through hell. Your family's put me through hell. I have no friends anymore because of you and me sticking up for you. And now you you are going to turn on me and you know how important this is to me. Why I agree with Jackie how I think they should have made it more apparent in the movie about how serious Abby's acne was and how traumatized she is and self-conscious and why she spends so much time on her makeup and they're just like she doesn't want to get wet because of her makeup it's like no 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 it's it goes deeper than that she she does not want people to see her face because acne has destroyed it but i think that's the one thing where it was a step too far in both the movie and the book for abby and she's like this is the one thing that you are the only person that truly understands this about me and you went there so I was thinking about the shaggy. I don't know what that line would be for me that if I don't know. I don't know if it exists, to be honest. I mean, obviously, if you came over and like killed my dog, it, which I would really not strain do. our relationship. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would put a strain on it for sure. But I don't know. I honestly don't know if that line exists for me either. <laughs> You've said yourself that I, I'm safe from everybody else except for you. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's I I know that's kind of joking, but at the same time, it's like there's nothing that you or I know about each other that we would be ashamed of. Yeah, and we know a lot. I mean, yeah. there's stuff that Jackie knows. I like. I don't want her telling anybody. But if it came out, you know, like uh, it would put a strain. But I don't think I'd be like, you know what, Jackie? Fuck you. I'm out. We done. We done. We done. <laughs> And we both know that, like, it's not like either one of us is going to fuck the other one's husband. Like, that's not going to happen. Mm-mm. And if it nope. did for some reason, I think we'd both be like, well, we didn't want him anyway. <laughs> and then we would go move in together. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> right outside so I don't Disney know. World. I don't know what the line is. In yeah, I think it would have to be something. Yeah, it would have to be something super unhinged. Like, yeah. you. But even then, like, if you just had a psychotic break and just ran over one of my cats while pulling into the driveway i would be upset but then i would also be like oh my god jackie you're unhinged like we need to get you medicated (laughs) well i think i think what you would probably do is be like okay that was bad but why did you do it what happened who hurt you talk to me (laughs) who hurt you Jackie, talk to me (laughs) because i'm gonna slash their fucking tires tell me (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm gonna throw my dead cat on their lawn yeah. Be like, this is your fault. Yep. That was really macabre. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I don't <laughs> think there's a line. But the makeup is a line for Abby where she's just like, she's so stressed at this point. There's a lot going on. She says, fuck this, Gretchen, you're on your own. And this is essentially when in the movie, this is what like is the last straw for Gretchen too, where the demon finally takes over. Mm-hmm. In the movie, though, the demon has already taken over. Mm-hmm. And she's like the hot girl. She becomes Regina from Mean Girls being a bitch. So that was a little bit different where they use that as the transition for now we're moving into the next stage or in the movie uh, book it had already happened. All right. Fast forward because there's just a lot of shit that goes on all between all the friends and it's like high school drama. If you care, just read or watch whatever if you want to know what's going on. Biggest thing now is the end. Well, right before we get to the end, let's talk about the exorcism. We have the crazy Christian muscle bodybuilding Jesus dude that wants to come and do the exorcism. Or what did they call it? They said because it's not Catholic, it's not an exorcism. It's a reckoning or something like that. Uh, deliverance. Oh, is it a deliverance? No, I know it's deliverance because, yeah, because I remember going, it's deliverance. Yeah, so they're going to do a deliverance. I'm telling you right now, in the movie and in the book, it's so fucking funny. This this is the the humor, the comedy in it, is this dude performing the exorcism. It's a bit more, like, melodramatic, but also funny in the movie. Uh, it's a bit more straightforward in the book, but also funny. He has, like, a break. He's like, I gotta do this, and leaves. You're like, she, you can't leave me. So she goes ahead. She goes ahead and conti- continues on with the exorcism. Mind you, in the movie, they it's super quick, right? Like, it mm-hmm. feels like they fast-forwarded through it. And they're like, yay, now she's back. I love you. Uh, and for some reason, they make it back to that creepy old house. 
And that's yeah, where I don't, like the I don't yeah, know how I, that happened. And I've watched this movie three times already, and I still could not tell you how does she end up in this fucking house again? Because the house that they go to in the book is not the same house that they had the party in, which I think is what they do in the movie. So I don't even think they're near it. Anyway, this shit literally takes all fucking night. It is daytime before Abby is successful getting this demon out. But I will say this. The demon is a lot scarier in the book Mm -hmm. because the way it's described and how like it was giving you actual the exorcist vibes Mm -hmm. in the book. In the movie, this little gremlin thing jumps out and I... I hate it. That was the part in the movie. I fucking hated it. It looks like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. It does. He does. He's he's like little, like wiry. Man, man, man. He's supposed to be this big, bad uh, demon. They're talking about Andres. He's a 63rd squadron, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He, he's so bad. He's he's a class A demon, whatever the fuck that means. But he, they, the way in the movie he pops out, we're like, are we watching Gremlins? Like, what the fuck is this? Hated it. <laughs> In the book, way better. You actually don't even really see a demon per se. It's just like he's starting to come out. Then there's like a vision. But it's not, there's not a full-bodied troll sitting on her chest like it is Mm -hmm. in the movie. So that, I prefer the book in that sense. But here's the thing. She fucking gets arrested in the book. We're in the movie. They're just like, oh, my God, you made it. I love you. And they just like go home. The book does make more sense because here they know their daughter has a problem. There's been a lot of problems already addressed with Abby's mother and and father. And I want to talk about that scene in a minute. But these girls are basically on lockdown. So you're telling me that these parents in the morning when their daughters are not in the house, that they're just like, oh, okay, whatever. No, they would call the fucking police, which is what happens in the book. They call the Mm -hmm. cops. They finally find where they are. The cops show up and they fucking arrest Abby like Mm -hmm. they should. And not, okay, not because as a reader, you're like, oh, my God, yeah, she totally deserves that. But it's realistic. Yeah. Because they're not going to come in and be like, hey, explain to us what happened. Why does your best friend uh, look like she's been tied to the bed and has been ravaged and beaten and tortured for 12 hours. Can you can you just sit down and explain that? No, they're going <laughs> to literally pull your arms behind your back, probably dislocating your shoulder, and they're going to throw you face first into the back of a squad car, which is what I would hope if this was like my daughter, right? We show up. We're not asking questions first. We're handcuffing and throwing you in the back of a car. Then yeah. we fast forward. There's also a sentencing. Like there's court. They're in court. How Abby gets out of it is because a Christian bodybuilder, corndog muscle dude shows up and he turns himself in. He admits to everything. So they have to drop the case on Abby. Well, obviously with the the muscle dude. So since the muscle dude admitted to everything, they let Abby go. They put muscle dude into jail and they're going to try and prosecute him. But he spends eight months in jail because they can't build a case against him because there's literally no corroborating evidence mm-hmm. nobody wants and to testify right right and also somebody may be asking like then why don't they just go arrest abby again because what he is admitting to is like nobody else would know that so mm-hmm. he knows all of the information surrounding this so he obviously was part of it but they could not build a case so he gets released right so that's that now the ending is actually kind of sad <laughs> and i cried <laughs> Sad in like a happy way, I guess, yeah. but in a realistic, like this is how life works kind of way. In the movie, the whole, you start off the movie going with like uh, Gretchen's moving away. That's not happening. It's not fucking happening. What's happening is in the book at the end, because of all this, the parents leave that area and they go to New Jersey. They find jobs or whatever there. Uh, just trying to like start over. Yeah. Abby's parents. Abby's parents. Yeah. Did I say Gretchen? Sorry. No, well, Gretchen. In, in, the, in the movie, they make it sound like Gretchen is moving, and they know that from the very beginning. Right. But you said that's not happening in the book at all. Yeah. And then in the, the book, it's Abby's parents move away because nobody will let them forget about what the fuck happened. Yeah. It's small town, southern state. They're, they're, they're like pariah now. 
Yeah. Um, so like we got to start over. So they move out to Jersey. And now there's also like the girls can't talk to each other. The parents and rightfully so. Okay. The amount of drama that has come about just by the bullshit between these two. And it's obviously she was possessed. Right. But I will say as I am no longer a teenage girl, it's been a while. <laughs> I have birthed teenage daughters. So I look at this from the mother or parent or guardian perspective where Abby had asked her mother several times in the book. She talked to her about issues. Abby's mother gave her the straight blunt to the truth. This is what is going on and you need to watch out. And Abby's like, you don't know anything. You're, and mm-hmm. I shouldn't even have brought it up to you. And her mother's like, whatever, like, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> like I know I'm right. What happens is Abby does exactly what her mother suggests or alludes that she's going to do. And the people around Abby respond and react the way that her mother says they're going to. Mm -hmm. And you would think that Abby was completely blindsided. And all I'm thinking while this is happening, like your, your mother said this. Yeah. And you didn't listen to her. Yep. Get it. Teenage girls don't listen about anything. My daughter will, my 16 year old will literally fight me on anything. We could be agreeing on something and she would fight me. We get along great, but it's still like, well, no, that's not what I was saying. That's not what I was saying. You know, I just, I, I fuck with her now. Now, because of all this, Abby has become like the scapegoat because Abby's not rich. She's at this school on a scholarship. Everyone else's parents are like big donors to the school. So when all this bullshit is going about, the principal or whatever it is, they call him major, his solution is to call Abby and her parents in and then basically tell Abby's parents that Abby is a piece of shit and they should do the good, the better thing and just remove her voluntarily from the school and he'll write her a letter of recommendation because if they don't, he's going to expel her and not write her a letter of recommendation. So Abby's parents are silent until the mother is like, uh, uh, no, actually, um, I got so much dirt on you, you piece of shit. Like you literally go <laughs> fuck yourself. This is no, this is such a waste of time. My husband doesn't even like you. Uh, <laughs> so she's badass, right? Sounds exactly like how I would play this out. They leave when her mother fucking does the mic drop. She's like, I'm out. Let's go. Pulls Abby out of the room. They get out to the parking lot and Abby's like, mom, that was amazing. Like, you're so great. Her mother turns on her so quick and is like, don't you fucking start. No. She's like, I told you. I told you exactly how it's going to play out and you didn't listen. Now you're going to get us dragged in here, make us look like white trash. No, I wanted to just stand up and give a standing ovation in person to (laughs) this section of the book. So I was like, yes, yes, yes. I I don't think I've ever read a more accurate depiction of a fucking angry mother ever in my life. So good job, Grady Hendrix. Yeah, I I liked how (laughs) she does it. She does the whole like mama bear thing in the principal's office. Mm -hmm. And then when she gets outside, like you said, Abby's like, thank you so much. Her mom turns around and immediately goes, do not make me a liar. Yeah. (laughs) I will fuck you up. I read in between every single line of her dialogue. Don't make me lie. You fucking cunt. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's exactly what I would do if because I have I have done this where. Somebody like in the school is giving my kid a hard time. So I am right up in their face like I will literally destroy your whole bloodline. But the second I'm in the car with my daughter, I'm like, didn't I tell you? Didn't my motherfucking tell you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like nobody's getting away with this. Like, no, but I'm not. I'm going to I'm going to behave differently in front of one set of group. And then when we're behind closed doors, I'm going to whoop your ass. Yeah. Verbally, because we can't. You know, not 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 literally physically. Yes. Not literally. And then the ending where in the movie, it's like this um, Gretchen's moving and they're like, I love you. It's going to be best friend. It's going to be amazing. Where it's a bit more realistic in the book because they do go to New Jersey. Gretchen apparently steals her parents' cars and drives all the way from South Carolina up to Jersey Mm -hmm. to like kidnap abby so they could talk because they weren't allowed to talk to each other and the cops finally show up they're in the parking lot by a blockbuster i'm like oh my god you can't get any more 80s than that <laughs> bring them back 
they're they they talk it out but then it just kind of does this like um fast forward montage of how the rest of their life goes and obviously abby gets married has a baby gretchen's there for that abby gets divorced gretchen comes up they live together like they they are really really good friends there's times where they kind of just didn't fall out but just like you're busy right you you don't get the call every day like you were or you know when they email they can do that or or every month they start talking but then like they slowly came back together and then they lived out the rest of their lives as really, really close friends. And there was this joke in this running theme about um, Haley's Comet mm-hmm. where they were able to see it together for the first time. And they joked because was it 75 years it comes around? Yeah, about that, roughly. So they're like 15, right, when Haley's Comet. So they're like, you know, next time Haley, Haley's Comet comes around, hopefully we can do it together. So then... <laughs> You get to see. I can't even talk about it. It's so sad. Oh, Abby dies when she's eighty-four. Yeah. And Gretchen is there, mm-hmm. and nobody and else was there for her. No, <laughs> I'm fucking crying. But they, yeah, and they they missed. They didn't get to Haley's comet, but like it was. They tried to. Yeah, and and they talk about how they the author talks about in the book how they didn't keep in as consistent touch with each other but they still were there for each other at the very end and even abby's own daughter couldn't be bothered to to be there for that it was gretchen that was sitting right next to her holding her hand at the end it's sad (laughs) and it was it was the fact that they left that out of the movie and just made mm-hmm. it like, oh my god, we're moving away. We're still going to be friends. Lilas, love you. <laughs> I was so angry when I finished the yeah. book. I'm like, this is so beautiful. Are we ready to give our reviews? Yes, we are. Originally, I was going to give the book a three out of five, but I think I'm going to bump that up to a four out of five. Originally, Damn, I thought it right. was... I thought it was too much background, but uh, when you were actually talking about the exorcism itself, I realized that all that background fed into the exorcism because everything that Abby mentions in the book during that whole process was all those memories that they had together. Phil Collins and all that stuff. The roller skating and, and everything. Yep. And I think that was excessively downplayed in the movie. And I hated that about the movie. Yeah. So book book four out of five. And originally I was going to give the movie a five out of ten. But now I'm going to bump that down to a four out of ten. Because I do not think that the movie did justice to the um the depth of that relationship yeah their friendship yeah yeah and i i i I think the the movie was terribly terribly rushed it was one of those things where somebody probably read the book they got the rights and they're like quick we need to get this movie made and they they just kind of cranked it out and i i honestly agree with mr will wheaton it would have been yeah, much well better been. as a, a six six episode limited series, something like that. Yeah, I think you could have got you could have gotten that then, like, because that's really what this story is about. It's yeah. about them being best friends. Yeah, and everything that they go through together. Yeah, with the exorcism is like Jackie and I were complaining a little bit at first. We're like, "Oh my god, you think that the my best friend's exorcism would be about a fucking exorcism?" and Grady fucking did it again. Just knocked it out <laughs> out of the park. Yeah. It's like, nah, 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 bitches. This is about best friends. Yeah. And then Jackie and I are over here like, it is about best friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like tears coursing down our faces. I'm like, just like- oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I am giving the book a four out of five. And I think the only thing I am giving it grief for is I th- it could have had a little bit more exorcism in it. Okay. But I'm I'm not that angry about it. Yeah. And I was going to say the movie 6 out of 10, but you know what? Now I'm angry and I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. Oh. Because, yeah, no, this movie go fuck itself. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to cry. No, you're 3. You're getting a 3 and that's it. So, 3 out of 10. 
changing yeah. it right now. Okay. All right. So we read, we watched. So hopefully you don't have to DNF or, you know, maybe we'll let you know to do not fuck with it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just, I'm going to say read. I say read. And I'm not going to say don't watch the movie, like read the book, don't fuck with the movie. No, you can watch the movie at some point. It's funny. The, I think it's cute. It's funny. Rated R, I don't think it needs to be. But if you want the actual story to the point where you're sitting here with tears in your eyes, like me and Jack, read it. Yeah, just if you do read and then watch the movie, do not expect the same thing because you're going to be yeah. severely, severely disappointed. Think about Way to go. Like a caricature of the book. Way to go, Grady. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review if you're feeling up to it. It helps us. Again, our links are going to be in the episode description. So uh, like, follow, share, all that jazz. Again, reach us on the Twitter. Read, watch, DNF. But Jackie, what do we have next week? We have in the immortal words of, who is it, Rihanna? Um, Umbrella. (laughs) Yeah. Academy. Ella. 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 A. 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 And this is our first graphic novel that we're doing. And where it's based, uh, not based, the Netflix original adaptation is a series based off the different volumes. So we are going to do Umbrella Academy Apocalypse volume, which is the first set. It's six chapters, so like six comic books. And then that's the first season. Jackie and I are going to do this a little different just because we are not really familiar with graphic novels and how to go about this. So Jackie and I are doing this together with the comic, like with the, we have the volumes. I got like the special edition volume. It's a very nice packaging Mm -hmm. on it. It's a very nice book. So we are literally going to sit on the couch with our copies, our volumes open as we watch the seasons to see how it all fits together. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So no coin flip, no coin flip today. Um, and you're going to hear us next week just completely stumble and fumble through this and be like, I don't understand. It's so fucking weird, too. I'm going to I'm gonna Ricky Bobby the shit out of that. It's just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what to do what with to my do hands. With my, what do I do with that? <laughs> so next week, uh, Umbrella Academy. <laughs> be prepared for us to just be a fucking mess. It's yeah. not going to be good, I promise you. <laughs> but until then, bye. Bye.